0: Wise men say only fools rush in, but I can't help. Well, you're giving me a look here. <laughs> Falling in love with you're turning red.
1: It's the reflection of the curtains. It's the reflection of the curtains. We have, you know, the red the reflection curtains on the, of the bay window there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. I'm going to reveal a c- a secret about CC here that uh, is very dark and demented. She thinks that Elvis is overrated.
1: i not so much Elvis is overrated, but it was a time period where that was not my kind of music. Yeah. My aunt was very into Elvis. I yeah. think she saw him two or three times, my mom, and it was kind of like. Yeah, I yeah. mean, my mother loved Tom Jones, and I was uh, kind of like, or uh, Engelbert saw, Humperdinck, it's you know.
0: So, well, okay, we're, <laughs> we're done with the singing portion of today's broadcast. Good morning, everybody. Oh, what day is today, anyway? It's, it's, the, it's October 10th. It's
1: the 10th, yes. It is
0: October 10th of 2021. It is the CC and JT amateur hour. Where production values go to die.
1: <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, why, why waste time with production values? They just take away from the experience.
1: And, you know, some of our dead production values are sitting on the dining room table yep. right here. <laughs> well, you'll see some of our
0: decorations when we post the pictures. We were taking writer's pictures yesterday.
1: Because yeah. we were bored.
0: Because we were bored. And, we were bored. and um, you know, uh, we can we uh, took pictures of our addiction. It's on our T-shirt. <laughs>
1: Yes, we are wearing matching t-shirts again. Yeah, we're kind of um, weird that way,
0: but you know, you know, after almost 40 years. Oh, geez,
1: well, now we have officially passed the 40-year point of when we first went out together. Yeah, so, we've, yes, we've... we have known each other for more than 40, 40 years. years.
0: 40 years. Or so, That's yeah. a
1: long time. That's a
0: long time, man. Even murderers get out of jail sooner than that. Ooh. Ooh. Are
1: you making a Commentary on no, you know, no, marriage, no, 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 or... no. I
0: love you, dear. I
1: love you
0: too. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's not what writers are here for, they're not here for the the yeah. the schmoopy, the sparky byplay, but they're here for the uh, <laughs> they're here for uh, some hey. ideas and tips and so on and so forth on how to get them through their day. We being writers, not successful writers, sort of leads into today's uh, topic, but uh, before we go, that uh. Uh, you are you have the pleasure of listening to the two slowest runners in the race to Wrigley five k <laughs> this year. We were, I mean, we were just we
1: weren't even trying really. We, we were we were
0: just sort of lollygagging upon. every year. Uh, Cub charities, Hello Cub charities, uh, does a race to Wrigley to raise uh, money for good causes. And uh, like it or not, one of the outcomes of the pandemic is virtual five k's, and so we we participated in the race to Wrigley this year and last year uh, via- uh, uh, Virtually, yep. Yeah, And we did the 5K out at the Carson River, two laps out there um, at the end of uh, Fifth Street there, and boom, that was 3.1 miles. And we kind of sort of tracked our time, but we didn't record it for history because I'm not kidding, we we were slow.
1: I actually remember how long it took us. Don't don't tell
0: anybody. But
1: the point is that we didn't, walk the entire time period that we yeah. tracked yeah we did stop a couple of times to look at how low the river is yeah. and lulli- to take picked. some nice autumn pictures we lollygagged we did lollygag yeah, lulli- and gag- what did that make us lollygaggers
0: lollygaggers yes you can tell we're baseball fans if you get that reference uh and
1: speaking of baseball and the cubs
0: yeah the cubs and
1: disappointment
0: and disappointment The Cubs Again. had another sad non witting season i think for the first time since 2014 it was bad this
1: year, but yeah. there are reasons and ugh, ugh. can't go into that. That's yeah, dramatic. That, just goes
0: into, that makes us, that makes our shoulders start twitching. Makes
1: our necks yeah, it's not pretty. But the thing is, even with the Cubs not doing much of anything this year, after having the winning season of 2016 with winner take all, basically, yeah. we found that maybe winning isn't always all it's cracked up to be because Boy, was that tense! The
0: greatest game seven <laughs> ever. But yeah, I would not ever. I can't. I have not even watched that game seven since. I can't I've, do it. I can't do it. It's great do.
1: that they won. I love that they won. We have the swag saying that they won, but we cannot relive the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that was not pretty. But it does sort of kind of lead us into today's topic, and uh, it is something that uh, it is something that's going to make some folks uncomfortable especially for writers, Uh, you know, unless you've been very fortunate and had lightning strike uh, in a bottle, uh, writers live with something that's called disappointment and failure. And it's hard because (laughs) disappointment, we're not, we're not, um, I I don't want to say that we're not designed for failure because we, 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 we sit out on a task, a hard task, and more often than not, we succeed, and I know there's gonna be some folks that are gonna push back on that, but here's the reality, folks. You've made it this far. You've lived this long. That means you have dealt with numerous disappointments, dealt with numerous failures, and you're still here. So you've won. So you know, give yourself a you know a pat on the back. You, you, give yourself credit where credit is due. And let's just admit it right up front that disappointment and failure is a part of the writer's life. Because we spend so much time writing, editing, marketing, social media, outreach. And when we publish our book, it drops into the ocean with nary a drop of water. And it's like watching a baby. You know, we know that a baby can walk, but they fall down, they fall down, and it's just it's it's, well,
1: eventually they continue walking.
0: Yeah, eventually they'll walk. But, it, it, but in that first short time, you know, the, the short term, it's just, you know, it's like watching your baby fail like that is, it, it brings out all sorts of feelings. I mean, it, does. It, it, it brings out your, it brings out feelings and I'm taking ownership of this. It brings out feelings. What, what did I do wrong? Did I not craft it correctly? Did I not do grammar correctly? Did I not edit correctly? Was my story not interesting? Were my characters boring? Was my plot predictable? Questions that are so easily to come up with but are so difficult to answer. What is this formula called success? And it's Lightning in a bottle. Lightning in a bottle. Uh, some folks, you know, some folks have got it. I don't, for, forgive me for not remembering the author's name, but I'm thinking for one example is, is the guy that wrote that Mars book. Now, you know, The, the Martian, mm. who wrote The Martian, who uh, released his book, you know, out as a, as a Kindle book. And uh, it turned, you know, it just it, lightning in a bottle from Friends and word of mouth. It became, it became an international movie. That sucked. But, you know, but the book was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but, uh, you know, but the flip side of that is you go out to Kindle, and there's just hundreds of thousands of books out there maybe this is both the best and the worst time to publish because it's you can you can self publish so easily but tens of thousands of people are doing it and and it's just it's just a it's worse than a tsunami on a small village it's it's like an entire planet of of waves just hitting a small hitting a small village
1: it is a hard situation to be in because you like you said you put so much time and effort and Sweat and blood and love into your work, and you want to feel like you're doing the best work you can. Which, where I think, well, you just finished one of your works in progress, yay, yay. Which I'll be reading. But the, you know, I'm at the point in the slog where it's kind of like, is this ever going to end? And I'm really disappointed in how it's turning out. And you know, there's that level of disappointment. But like you said, then you do go through all the effort of finalizing it and you think you've got the best product you can, you put it out into the world and crickets, just crickets. And that's probably a very large percentage of the publishing industry right now. The, I think the luckiest people probably managed to draw a small and loyal following. And um, you know, that's, Probably the most you can hope for in most cases, because if you don't have that lightning in the bottle, you know, right place, right time type of situation, then they move on to the next thing. And probably whatever you wrote about is kind of old news. And, you know, it's like time has passed by and people have short attention spans. So it drops farther and farther down the lists until it's sitting down there. And, you know, someone might run across it every once in a while later on and go, oh, hey, this isn't too bad. I mean, you do. You, I think you've gotten some reviews like after the fact yeah,
0: years after the fact
1: and that that feels good yeah. that you get a nice review is like, oh, hey, I picked this up and I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed your characters. But, you know, in the meantime, you're sitting there with a major case of imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. which is a huge thing for writers and actors and everybody. And it's just, you know, it's disappointing.
0: Well, it brings up the philosophical argument either <clears throat> is the old way better than the new way of getting published. And, you know, that's, that's, and, you know, under the old way, of course, is, is the writer had to slog through finding an agent, finding a publisher, finding an audience. And that is still, and I refer to the old way of course, but that is still the current way of doing business too, you know, with uh, many of the hardback, pub. hardback things, or is the new way superior where you, 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 you as a writer, put something together and just stick it out on Kindle or the other free, you know, the other electronic sites. And I'm, I'm torn both ways because uh, do I feel that I have publishable works that could be put turned into hardback? I think so. But I've never, you know, I've never dedicated the effort because there's only so much disappointment I can take. And to go through all of that through an agent and a publishing house and through, you know, quote unquote, real editors. I do have a real editor, but I want to just say, you know, an editor that works for a publishing house uh, and to go through all that and to be disappointed um, with nothing. Uh, it, it was, I don't know if I could handle that. Now you have your story. Oh, you actually yes. did the old, you know, old school way of doing business. I don't know if you want to do it now or talk
1: about it later or however, No, I could talk about it now. And I, as you said, I did go through the whole, multiple times through the whole process of submitting to various publishers. I never was able to get an agent. I did get the correspondence from the agents that were like, hey, if you pay us, which by the way, don't ever pay an agent.
0: Yeah, never pay an agent. No,
1: no. So there were, there was one in particular who was really big at the time that was taking money from a lot of desperate authors if anybody asks you for money up front run away yeah basically that's probably the biggest piece of advice i could give you right now but i never did get an agent and looking back at my writing i can see why i mean i as in my throwback thursday posts i grew up on 60s and 70s television and that kind of molded my early writing and it wasn't the greatest writing quality because of you know it was kind of two-dimensional basically but at one point um, around the early 1990s I was very into a television show called Quantum Leap and one of the things that certain television shows would do like Star Trek was big with this was that they would do novelizations tied into the television show so basically the characters in new situations and these were very popular and I absolutely adored this show. I knew the characters backward and forward, and I started writing. Basically, some people would call it fanfic, but you know, novel length. And I did get the attention of an editor at a large publishing house to the point where I was kind of slated to be one of the potential upcoming releases, and I had gone to a convention met her personally we had lunch together she was introducing me to people as one of her stable which i thought was the coolest thing at the time hi ginger (laughs) ginger i think ginger is long retired now yeah but the the major disappointment that came out of this because it sounded like oh my gosh i finally did it everything is going so well i'm just about at that point the show had been off the air for a little bit and they decided well okay Um, people really aren't buying these novels anymore, so we're ending the program. And then mine was like right near the point where they were like, okay, upcoming releases, this may be in the queue for, you know, the next two or three books. And they're going, well, no, sorry, yours would not be a good one to end on. Mm. And that was that. So I still have... I basically got rid of most of the rejection letters because I used to have folders and folders of rejection letters that I kept basically to remind myself that I was doing the work. Some of them were harsh. Some, most of them were, you know, the generic form letter where you kind of wonder if they actually ever looked at your, your manuscript and basically what they called the slush pile, because if you didn't have an agent, it was just on a pile and somebody would grab it at some point, maybe. And the, it was very, very disappointing at the time. But looking back, it's like, well, yeah, that's cool. You know, I would have had a book out there, but I still wouldn't have been like hugely successful. I wouldn't have been a Stephen King or a, you know, a Joan Collins. Or am I thinking, of, no, Joan Collins is the actress. John Grisham? No, no, no. I'm thinking John... of the. Anyway. Anyway one of those really well uh nora Mm -hmm. efron or you know somebody somebody who made it and you know people were always kind of chomping at the bit for the next release it's like the book would have been out there i that program probably would have ended and that would have been that and you know nobody would have remembered my name or my book or anything because it was just another book among the millions of books that came out so there is that point that um You know, sometimes things happen for a reason. I don't think I was ready to emotionally handle. I wasn't mature enough, I don't think. If I had been published at that time and the disappointment really would have, really, really would have hurt me deeply because of my maturity level. So I'm somewhat glad now that that never happened. But it was a good experience too because I did meet some of the other authors for the program. They were very nice and I saw that you know most of them were already, I mean, they hadn't given up their day jobs. And most of them don't, mm-hmm. even though they have been traditionally published. Traditional publishers don't usually market and promote kind of mid-level or low-level books. They'll put them out there, but you still have to do all the work as you do when you're a self-published author. So. You know, you got to kind of think about that. There are some longtime traditionally published authors who are now taking back some of their work from their publishers and self-publishing them because they have more control. Yeah. So, you know, they may not have felt like they were supported when those novels came out. And then, you know, now they can actually go out and give it the, the attention they feel it needs. So, you know, disappointment and I want there's to dial back thing.
0: to I want to dial back to one thing that you said very quickly is is and it, this is a very '90s statement, and it doesn't apply to now I don't think. But when I was taking the creative writing class at the University of Nevada, go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took a summer class on creative writing, and the guy there, the instructor, was uh, claimed that he was a ghostwriter for hundreds of books, and he said that there's at the time this is the '90s. He said at the time there was probably less than 20 authors, 20 writers. Who, who could live off their writing yes. at the time, and that every, uh, that the, the, it, it, it was the exception that writers could live off their writing, that they had to have supplemental income of some sort, either through a spouse or through a day job. So whether that's true now, you know, I don't know, because, you know, 20 you know, in God, when, that was the 90s, so we're in the 20, oh geez, that was a long time ago. Let's not go there. Yeah, um, let's
1: not think about how but, long ago you that know, was. It's a whole
0: new world. So let's talk about that disappointment thing. Let's focus on uh, that disappointment thing. What keeps us going? I mean, as writers, you and I, we have been slapped and slapped and slapped in the face with disappointment. You know, It's like, okay, uh, you published, nothing happened. Why do you even bother? And it's a, it's a, it's a fair question. Why do we keep, uh, like, is it Sisyphus who keeps pushing the rock oh, yes. up? Mm-hmm. Why do we keep trying to push that rock up the hill only to see it to go back down and we're going to have to push it all over again.
1: Why do we do that? Why are we that stupid? Hope. Hope? Because we always have the hope that the next one will be the one. And it's the same thing for anybody who's in anything creative, I think. That, well, actually, anybody in the working world, honestly. If you go out and you get a job and, you know, it's like you, the first day of work, it's the best job ever. Mm. And then as you work, you know, it's then like, you come this to day isn't two. quite what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. So you go and you interview for another job and you get another job and it's the best day ever. And then, you know, over time, but you, that hope is what keeps it alive. You're disappointed at the moment and then you're like, you look to the horizon and it's like, well, maybe the next thing will be better.
0: Uh, I, I think that, I think that uh, that's the positive view is why we keep going. I'm going to go with the negative view. Okay. It's an addiction.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's, it's an itch.
1: That is it's, true. It, it's
0: an itch that has to be scratched. Mm-hmm. We have to scratch that itch. I mean, let's talk about our own case where we didn't write for 18 months because of the pandemic. Uh, and we were miserable for many reasons, including the pandemic. And then when we, when we decided to sit down and, uh, you know, sit down and, uh, and, and write, you know, you know, make it a, make it a reason to write, you know, sit down and said, this is we're going to do this Mm -hmm. for me. It felt like something, you know, it felt like finally something was right yes it felt like something was getting scratched that should have been scratched a long time ago like a like something like a spot on the back or something mm-hmm. like that so i think that the uh i think that hope is also correct mm-hmm. but i think addiction is also part of the thing where we just you know is if if when we don't write we, we we're we we're, we're, we're sit there wondering
1: what should we be doing what now
0: should we be doing now that we're not doing now
1: and it's part of the writer's or at least in our case, part of the writer's psyche, I think, is that you need to be creating something. And Mm -hmm. it's the act of creating that we are really addicted to. Mm -hmm. And putting the book out there kind of overall is really secondary because, you know, there was a time, for example, when I was trying really hard to traditionally publish, I was trying to at least make a little bit of money to help pay the bills and stuff. Because at the time I was a stay at home mom. And I was thinking that, you know, then I could have the best of both worlds. But, you know, the the idea of putting the book out there and suddenly becoming a millionaire, you know, like the Muppets Mm. with the rich and famous contract, that doesn't happen, unfortunately. And even authors, I mean, some of the classic authors that we've known from, you know, like Mark Twain and everybody, they didn't always have a lot of money maybe at the end of Mark Twain's life, but I was watching some mini biographies on authors yesterday. And it was like, they were talking about F Scott Fitzgerald and Ernest Hemingway, who were contemporaries. Fitzgerald was a tiny bit older and had kind of mentored Hemingway. And then Hemingway kind of blew up and Fitzgerald was fading away. So, you know, he'd had his moment and then it was gone. And it's like, I have noticed that as I've gotten older, that, you know, you know, It's true of, like I said, many creative pursuits that, for example, actors, you'll have a wave of this actor is really popular and then all of a sudden they're gone and you're like, where did they go? And the same thing is true of authors. We were very fond of Richard Bach at one point, Mm -hmm. you know, so, and Richard Bach was very big at that time in the early 1980s. And then, you know, here we are in 2020. Does does anyone talk about Richard Bach much anymore? Mm -hmm. So, Everything cycles.
0: Everything cycles. So, okay. So we've pretty much laid the foundation of why disappointment happens, and we talked about you know dealing with our individual cases of happening. So, what is this? What is a single uh, piece of advice that we that we could give to writers who are feeling basically that crippling disappointment that could happen to them? Now, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that that's common, but I'm saying that it does happen. Uh, and so, what happens when? what what should we say, what can we say to writers when they see their book uh disappear like a raindrop in the Pacific Ocean? Uh, what and you know there's this that disappointment.
1: I saw a piece of advice pretty recently. I don't remember where or who it was, but the idea was that the act of creating itself should be the end game and not you know putting it out into the world so if you don't set yourself up initially for the disappointment by expecting the rich and famous contract, Mm -hmm. you know, the fact that you've completed your project, you've put it out there, maybe somebody reads it, maybe not. If that's not the be all and end all of the experience, you should actually be enjoying the process of creation itself because that's really what you're doing is you, like you said, we didn't write for something like 18 months and we were miserable sitting down again, even though I'm disappointed in what I'm writing, I'm happy that I'm writing. Mm the act of sitting down and doing it is fueling me mm-hmm. so um try not to set yourself i mean it's human nature i think that we put it out there and we're going to, you know we're looking to that horizon going this is going to be the one and then you know yeah crickets no i, no, I
0: think that you i think that you've hit it on exactly is we 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 lose sight of the journey you know we lose sight of the journey when and keep focus on the destination uh you know folks the reality is for writers, let's, let's let's face it, to put together a 50, 60, 70,000 word document that is edited to the best of your abilities, written to the best of your ability, is a major accomplishment. It is a fantastic thing to do by itself. How many people out there have books? Well, for writers, since we're immersed into the industry, we think everybody has a book. That is so not true. You you may be like one in a hundred, one in a thousand, one in ten thousand who actually has a published book where people can get it and it will outlive you in some way. That is a fantastic accomplishment. And if it disappears in the Pacific Ocean, well, you know what, so be it. You wrote and published a book. That's really fantastic.
1: And hopefully you enjoyed the process of doing it.
0: Yeah, and if you have done that. You know, again, like I said earlier, pat yourself on the back. You have done something that is so rare in human accomplishment that while it may seem from the inside that you have hundreds of thousands of competitors, the reality is, I mean, just say, hey, you know, I wrote a book to to, to somebody and they go, you did? Wow. Wow. And they will say something like, you know, I've always wanted to do that.
1: Right. Do it! (laughs) <laughs> and I have encouraged people. I've had people, you know, just you're chatting with someone and they tell you something that ha- has happened in their life. And usually I'm like, oh, my gosh, that would make a great story. You should write that. And they're like, oh, no, because to a lot of people, it feels like homework. Yeah. And you remember the drudge of going through homework that you don't really want to do.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's like, you know, for the true writer, I think it's not so much that it's not that you don't you mm-hmm. do want to do it. Yeah. It's not like that homework that you hated. You really do want to do it. And that's the difference between the writer and the non-writer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so disappointment is a fact of life. Disappointment is just the way it is. Uh, But, you know, take the big picture view, step back, realize that, hey, look at what you've done to get there. And so be it. If Disappointment, great. Success, better. But the fact that you wrote a book, you put it out there, you published it, and you put yourself out there, put a slice of yourself out there. Is is a major accomplishment and something, and that's that you should, a
1: success in itself, and
0: that's something we should be proud of and you know tell everybody about. Uh, depending on the content, but that's a, that's a whole different discussion. Well,
1: we're, yeah, <laughs> we're running
0: it, we're running out of time as we usually do, we, but we hope that we've given our our colleagues here something some, some uh, something to to chew on, something to talk about, something to think about. And again, uh, you know, kudos to you if you put a book out there. Well, well done, you.
1: And don't compare yourself to other authors yeah. because, like I said, even the successful ones, they go through cycles, mm-hmm. and not everybody is going to be studied in two or three hundred years. Yeah. So if you entertain one person, mm-hmm. even if you're just entertaining yourself, that's a success. Yep.
0: Okay. Uh, time for the commercial. These podcasts and other podcasts can be found on our website at www.carsonhume.com. You'll find out there uh, blog posts uh, where we talk about things such as Monday blog posts and Thursday throwback. And this Thursday throwback is going to be a fun one. And we're not going to give you any clues other than to say, hey, hey.
1: <laughs> well, for people of a certain age group, they may figure that out. Pretty yeah, they quickly. may figure that. You
0: have to be a certain age group, so never mind. But uh, you, I, think, yes, uh, I do recommend uh, that you check out CeCe's uh, Thursday throwback for this week. Uh, it, it should be you know, a great deal of fun.
1: I will mention, though, that as I, with my previous Throwback Thursday, this is another Halloween-themed one. So yep. it'll be fun. I'll give you that much.
0: Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, anything else or let these people get back to their real lives?
1: No, just remember to, you know, keep on trucking through whatever you're working on. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Just do it.
0: Yep, just do it. and uh, you know, And, you know, and again, keep perspective. Keep things in context.
1: Perspective is very important, and it does change over time. It I does mean. change,
0: yeah. So keep keep the context, keep perspective. Uh, and you're doing fantastic, especially if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> All right, we're done. We're mm-hmm. out of here. Across to the table from me is CC, And
1: across from me is JT.
0: And we hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week, and we'll be talking to you again yeah. real soon. Take care of yourselves. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: How do you turn this thing off, Mabel?